Hello, welcome to North Valley Church's Sermon Podcast. Today, our sermon is titled, Outside In. If you have more questions about our sermon podcast or North Valley Church, you can reach us on our website, nvcmd.org. Morning. Man, how do you get away with playing Pink Floyd, right, on Sunday morning? There were bricks in the graphic. I just had to go with the obvious thing. But there are bricks that get in the way of us sometimes doing the thing that we want to do, right? So the, I think last week, I talked about Millie and her pillow comment. Right, so I have a membership at a gym. I don't make it quite as often as I'd like to. I walk around my neighborhood. We have things that get in the way of us making it to the gym, of us taking the jog around the neighborhood, right? I'm, I'm an old dude, so I've got, man, my list of excuses goes, right? Oh, man, my arthritis in my wrist is acting up. Can't go to the gym today, man. Feeling a little achy in my wrist. Oh, I got this muscle thing going on in my foot. <laughs> Not going to make it to the jog around the neighborhood today. No. Um, and then, <clears throat> so I'm old guy, but I've got other things that get in my way too, right? So I've, I've got issues with anxiety, right? So when I've got things that need to be worked on, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I got to work on the budget. I got to work on my sermon. I got devos I need to write. I don't have time to go do that. And boom, just stuff, life. I let it become a brick in the wall of getting in the way of doing the things that in my head I kind of know I need to do, but uh, shucks, I didn't make it happen today. It happens for exercise, right? Um, it happens, I'm going to start the diet plan tomorrow. As soon as I finish, the, i got to finish the chocolate cake that's in the fridge first, though, right? What do, what do we do? That's, we, come up with, we come up with things that get in the way of getting to where it is we think we want to be. It happens for things that we kind of realize God might want for us. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know I'm supposed to be doing that, but wow, I've been really busy at work, getting up in the morning, doing devotionals. Ah, that's, that's just hard, right? I, I let it sneak on in. My, my phone didn't ring this morning. I didn't get up to doing it. We find things to get in the way of doing the things we want, even the things God wants. So we've got this thing that all of us are individually responsible for, and we're responsible for corporately as well. And it's sharing our faith. The idea that it's not okay just to keep it among us. There's this, this idea of evangelism and being able to get outside of these walls so that we can be sharing our faith with other folks. <clears throat> when you look at the graphic, that's what it's trying to picture, that we've got Jesus in here. And you know what? To the outside world, there is a wall between where we are and where they're at. And it's really our responsibility to be pulling those bricks out of the wall. 
so that they have an opportunity to see who Jesus is, to be able to see who their Lord and Savior is, to be able to know the person who's going to change their life for eternity, starting right now. We unconsciously put bricks in the wall of letting that happen. I want to take a little bit of time this morning and just talk about bricks that might be in our walls, keeping us from being an opportunity for God to change someone's life. He wants to use us for that, individually and corporately. So I want to just hang out here for a little bit this morning and talk about what it means to get the outside in here. Right? Those who don't know Jesus yet, we're all going to meet Jesus one day. We're all going to know who he is one day, preferably now, <laughs> preferably this life. Because if we wait till later down the road, um, our encounter with Jesus isn't necessarily going to be a fun one. We want to know who he is today. Those who don't know Jesus, it's much more fruitful for them to be able to know today. It all boils down to, and this isn't just Dan, I think we should do this more. Jesus was kind of clear about our, his expectation of us doing this. There's a verse in the Bible called the Great Commandment. This Great Commandment is, is Jesus's close to Jesus's final instructions to his disciples. Dudes, I've given you all this stuff. I'm getting ready to head home to heaven. He's been crucified, risen from the dead. Here's your instructions. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So let's just hang out here for a moment. right? Pull a couple of words out. Go. Go. There's needs to be outside here, right? There's a intentionality of making it happen outside here. It, go and make. Again, there's a direction and a make. So we know where we're supposed to go, act, get outside these walls, and we ought to be intentional. We ought to be putting some effort into that, what does that look like if I'm intentionally going? What am I doing? I'm making disciples. My goal is to be able to make a disciple. I can't, I really can't make a disciple, right? The Holy Spirit does that stuff. But I have a job. I have a job to be a witness for who Jesus is to the world who doesn't know him. And then the Holy Spirit works it out. Between, between them and God, my job is to make sure they know who Jesus Christ is. And if they accept him and they do that, there's an act of obedience, right? In a couple of weeks, we're going to be um, doing a baptism. Wow. Okay. Everybody take a breath. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a baptism. Me. That's why I'm doing this sermon, right? <laughs> Which is an act of obedience. We're going to turn it into a party and eat cake. However, what it really is is an act of obedience because Jesus said, make disciples and then baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So this is our motivation today. 
right? That G, this is not an idol. Wow, that's a really cool idea. This is a commandment. It's a commandment to all of us individually. It's a commandment for us as the church. So I want to talk about this in, in this context. We're, I'm just calling this the great commandment. That's what that verse is. But behind it, we Christians tend to use the word evangelism. So let's just talk about evangelism. We, when we throw the word out, I realize that not everybody knows what the word evangelism even means. Evangelism, two words, evangelism, right? Evangel, go back to the Greek root. I wouldn't be trying and pronounce it, but it looked kind of like evangelism, right? Eyaujulion or something like that means good news. Simply, evangel means good news. Ism means I'm, I'm doing it. I'm acting on the good news. Evangelism is I'm taking this good news and I'm sharing it with other people. I am doing this act of sharing good news with others. So when we say evangelism, that's what we're talking about. How do I do this in a way so that other people are hearing the good news about who Jesus Christ is? 1 Corinthians 9.19 says... Although I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. If you're a note taker, man, underline that. We're going to hang out there, and I'm going to press into that this morning to win as many as possible. So this is Paul writing this, who had a real heart for evangelism, right? He was the dude in the world of evangelism. And he paints a picture for the church at Corinth. This is what my heart looks like. I'm free to do whatever I want, but I am willing to become a slave to everyone so as to win as many as possible. He realizes it's not his job to convert people. God and the Holy Spirit does that. But he realizes his role about it. So I just want to hang out there for a moment and try and catch Paul's heart his passion about evangelism, right? The whole goal of evangelism is I'm trying to win people who I probably don't already know, or maybe I do know, but they don't know who Jesus is. And I'm trying to get myself to a place to where I'm helping them connect with who Jesus is, to be aware, to be able to share that. And it's going to require me to sacrifice some stuff. I've got to get out of my comfort zone, right? I can't use the excuse of uh, arthritis in my wrist and the foot. I can't use my excuse of anxiety and fear. I, I need to figure this out so that I can become a slave to everyone. It's going to push us out of our comfort zone. I'm talking about being able to go outside the wall and share our faith. But I just want to talk about inside our wall for a moment. Inside our wall, we do a very good job of having friend groups. We do a very good job of when we show up Sunday morning, we, we've got friend groups that we hang out to, and we, we turn and we face and we hang out with those friend groups. So I'm just going to take a moment and make share what has been shared with me multiple times. When we stay in our ruts with friends groups on Sunday mornings, it feels like walls to other people. Having internal relationships in church, touchdown. 
We're really good at that. But there's two edges to that sword. We also have a responsibility to be a slave to everyone so that when they show up here, they feel the love of Christ. So I'm just, if I were to say something to think about, what if I said every Sunday morning, you take a few minutes and meet somebody that you haven't spoken to for eight days? Think about that. So it's, it wasn't just last Sunday. There's somebody that I haven't seen or spoken to for the last eight days. I take some time out of my Sunday morning and become that person's slave and go say hi to him. Introduce myself. Hi, my name's Dan. You can feel free to use that line. Hi, my name's Dan. This is what he told me to say. Have, and here's what I do, right? After years of trying to work through the awkwardness and trying to figure out how not to offend somebody who's been attending my church for months, and I go, hey, or is this your first day? Right? So this is my, hi, Dan. Have we met before? And sometimes I get, yeah, I was here a couple of months ago. And you can see the expression on your face, but you didn't remember me, did you? You're doing your best. But start with, hi, my name's Dan. Have we met before? And take a moment and listen to their story. So our heart for evangelism can literally start right here every Sunday morning. That we just take a moment and step outside of our, of our comfort zone and be a slave to the other people who are here. Maybe it's Excuse me, maybe it's somebody who doesn't regularly attend North Valley Church. Okay, cool. Maybe they do already know Jesus. They are now experiencing and feeling the love of Christ. Oh, that's not such a bad thing anyway. But maybe we're doing that with somebody who's struggling with their relationship with Christ. Maybe we're going to do that with somebody who is visiting that day. Or maybe they're on their second or third visit, and they're feeling out, trying to figure out what they think of us. Maybe they're trying to figure out what they think of Jesus. And if we can just show them love in a very practical way, we, on a Sunday morning, every morning, we have an opportunity to practice warming up our heart to be able to share with somebody else. All this on Sunday morning can be kind of just warm up and practice. What we really want to do is to be able to be in a place where we can share with anybody our faith. And we want to be able to do that, not just individually, but corporately. We don't know the people that we're going to be sharing with. Got me? We don't always know the people we're going to share with. We don't always know the folks who are going to come and visit our church. So sometimes we need to do things in a way so that we are being welcoming to the folks we don't know. The reality is there are people who are maybe checking out churches who are struggling with stuff. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they've lost somebody. Maybe they've got substance abuse problems. And we need to have our mind on, oh, maybe the people who I'm trying to meet are struggling with stuff, and I need to be doing things in a way so that I am open and receiving of them. So we're a young church. I'm what we're in year three or some craziness. So we're inventing a lot of stuff as we go along. So we're making a new rule. 
in June, they're legalizing marijuana. I've had people asking me, so where are we at with marijuana? Right, what is it I wanna say? So when I think about my context of evangelism, I don't know who it is. I regularly counsel people who struggle with substance abuse. I want this to be a place where those people can show up and feel safe and that this is okay. So we, for all of this, we have a new policy. For the sake of connecting with people who don't yet know Jesus, and we don't know, the use of alcohol and marijuana is prohibited at any North Valley Church event that's on our property, or any North Valley Church of outreach event, regardless of location. Well, I got all y'all's attention now, don't I? It's, it's good. So let's unpack this just so that we're all clear about it. North Valley Church event on the property. This is North Valley Church building, right? We are the church, but we got this building. We got three-ish acres, right? Parking lot, playground, cool. If there's a North Valley Church event, Bible study, worship on Sunday morning, if any of those things are going on, we shouldn't be showing up with alcohol or marijuana and thinking that we're going to do it during those events for the sake of somebody who might want to come check us out and might be struggling with their addictions to alcohol and marijuana on this thing. So we do also, so that's events. So I also know, moving down the road, I also know that we have Bible studies, life groups that don't meet on North Valley Church property. I know that there may or may not be wine involved in those life groups. It's, a, it's at that house. I'm not looking. It's at that house. It's at, it's at your house, and it's okay. Okay? So if it's on the property and it's a North Valley Church event, nada. But if you are hosting something at your home, I'm not trying to impose myself on your home and telling you how you can and can't act in your home. You can do what you think is good, as long as it's legal, in during your Bible studies at your, at your home. So, but I've got an extra disclaimer. So, and Valley, North Valley Church event on property, not property. We're, let's talk about outreach event for a moment. We haven't, I mean, that's one, part of the reason I'm doing this sermon is because we don't really get our game on when we're doing outreach events. So I, I want to, that's part of what it is I'm trying to no, know. That is what I'm trying to do today. We, bless you, we do things to intentionally reach community right? We're not, we're not advertising just inside. We might put up road signs. We might put postcards up. We might make a Facebook event. We're intentionally reaching out to the community. Now, as we get our game on and we get better at this, when you're reading the announcement in the flyer or um, flyers, we don't do flyers, in, in your um, church center app and look at announcements, you will see it clearly designated, this is an outreach event. So regardless of where this is at, right, we're gonna be doing an Easter egg hunt. We like doing the Easter egg hunt here in our yard, but maybe one year, maybe we decide to do it in the park down in Myersville. If we were to do an outreach event in the park, it would still be an alcohol and marijuana free event for our sake, for the sake of the folks we're trying to reach. So, outreach, 
I'm doing something intentional to reach the community outside of our existing family, or anything on the property that we do that's North Valley Church is there. Okay, everybody take a breath. I'm going to drink some water. Anybody got a question? I'm, I'm open to questions. Okay. Sorry? I'm, I'm just going to read my notes. Anybody who wants to raise their hand, go ahead. <laughs> Being equipped for evangelism. Besides having a heart and a passion for it, right, let's be honest, we sometimes need to do things to prepare ourselves so that we can do the thing that God has commanded us to do. So I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter 3, but I'm just going to read one piece of it first. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So we're just going to hang out here for a minute. We need to be prepared to give a reason for our hope. I'm going to give you two choices. If you're good at memorizing and theology and you got your game on, share the gospel, right? If you want to, you can go and review 1 Corinthians 15 verses like 3 through 5. It's, it's that simple. God loves you. Jesus lived. He died on the cross to pay the price for our sins because we needed it. He did that according to scriptures. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And he was witnessed by a bunch of other folks. If we can believe that happened and trust in the work that Jesus did on the cross, we're saved. That's the gospel. We make it more complicated sometimes, but that was it, right? Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. He did all that because we need help to restore our relationship with the Father in heaven. If we can accept that, we might dunk you in the pool, it's that simple. So maybe you want to memorize that and find a way to share that. Or you can give your reason um, to give the reason for your hope. Everyone here has a reason that they have hope in Christ. Some people call it just sharing your testimony. I've talked to people who grew up in the church and they struggled with, I don't have a testimony. I grew up in the church. Jesus has done something significant in your life. Package that story and share it, right? And I think you can do it in three minutes. Anybody want to take out your phone and time me? Let's, let me know how I do. I'm going to drink some water. Am I good? On your mark, get set. I was a um, software engineer, contractor, making a boatload of money. <clears throat> bought a million, I bought a very nice house in Jefferson. And at the time, she said, you know, God's been really good. We had not been to church, didn't do any of that stuff. She said, God's been really good. We should go to church. And all right, whatever, we'll go to church. That was in February. As my work life um, continued, um, it became very stressful. I got on a project that was way behind. The vice president would sit behind, beside me every day. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? I, for three months, I worked seven days a week. M Millie started calling me either angry man or the guy who looks just like her husband. 
so it was not a good season. I'm going to church on Sunday, and this guy's going, hey, are you messing up your life? Try Jesus. And I got into a bad spot, and this guy's going, try Jesus. So I did. I test drove Jesus. For four months, I said, I'm going to try and make decisions your way instead of my way. And at the end of the four months, I'm like, oh, wow, this worked out. All right, I guess it's Jesus things working out. And at the end of that, I said, I've been doing it, but I'm here officially. And I've never turned back. How'd I do? One minute, 15 seconds? Wow, that was a world record. All right. Y'all got another minute and 45 seconds if you want to work on yours. But that's my story. I want you to think about my story. Nobody can debate me about it. It is credible. You can't argue with me. You have to accept my story. You can say I'm stupid, but you have to hear my story. And there's really, other than thinking I'm stupid, there's really no way to have another argument against me because it's my story. Everybody ought to be able to do that with anyone. You can share the gospel and maybe they debate it, but I tell you what, nobody can debate your story. I would love for everybody to be practiced on doing exactly what I did, right? I'm cheating because it's possible I've shared my story before. <clears throat> practice it. Script it out. Practice it so that you can do exactly what I did. This is my story. This is who Jesus is to me, and he's changed my life. And no one can argue against you. Everybody can do that. You want to equip yourself for evangelism? You can um, memorize some verses in 1 Corinthians 15, like 3 through 5, or know what your story is. This passage in Peter continues. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. One of the things we mess up when we think we're supposed to be on an evangelistic run is we take our Bible and we beat people over the head with it. And we think that that's what converts people to want to love Jesus. Um, there may have been a season in our past culture where that worked. We aren't there today. We live in a different place. It's a different time. You just can't Take your Bible and thump it on people and expect them to hear and follow who Jesus is. Peter gives us a little hint here about something. Um, oh, can I have the next slide? Yeah, that one. So people who speak maliciously against your good behavior. We need to have good behavior. Right? Good behavior is going to open doors for us to be able to have spiritual conversations with people. How we act outside the church, even inside the church, is going to open doors to give us opportunities to tell people who Jesus is to us. And when we do that, people might speak maliciously against you. I remember 20 years ago, it's like, wow, I read about that and happening in China, but it didn't happen around here. Guess what? We're living in a different time. It happens around here. I was reading some news articles, and I stumbled upon a news article. Um, next one, yeah. A news article that caught my attention. Just the title 
caught my attention. So I'm going to read it. I don't have the article. All I got is the link, but you, I'm going to read the title, which is in the link, and, and um, it will communicate what I need you to know. Teacher says schools need to keep students info from Christo-fascist parents. I'm like, wow, Christo-fascist, what a great term. And so I started doing some research. Apparently that's a thing. We are now, if you want to raise your children in your home, in, in a Christ-centered environment, you are now a Christo-fascist. That's not a friendly term. Yeah, Ben James is given, yes. So give yourselves a hand for being Christo-fascists, those of you doing that. So, I don't want us to get distracted about the whole teachers controlling information, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's a topic that we could discuss. But what I really care about is the reason the teachers, this, this teacher, the reason this teacher wants to do that is because she is not friendly towards Christ. And she thinks people who are raising their kids in a Christ-centered home are fascist and controlling and hurting their kids. That's what that teacher says. I read the news article on Fox News. A day or two later, I'm like, I need to put that in my sermon. So I just went in and tried to do a search for the article. And I've got what is the New York Post. The Post is not what it used to be. I've got the New York Post, not the Times, not CNN, not MSNBC. Those people didn't even carry this story. As we think about equipping ourselves for evangelism, Let's get real. We live in an environment that's hostile towards what we believe. This teacher ain't happy about it at all. So as we think about how do I equip myself so that I can do this, Peter gave us a hint that we want to do things in a manner so that we have good deeds, but those good deeds are going to need to go in front of us. So it's not, I don't have a slide for this passage, but if you opened up your, if you got a program and you received the devotionals, there's a daily devotional, goes along with today's sermon. If you looked at Thursday, it would have another verse out of this passage in peace, uh, second, First Peter. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, Christofascism, they might see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Being good deeds and how we live our lives makes a bigger difference today than it has in the past, than it has before. It's going to continue to get worse. I, I don't, you know, Jesus could come tomorrow. That would solve a lot of problems. However, I'm probably going to have to live in this world that's increasingly moving away from Christ. And I've still, I can't quit and go, oh, the world's messed up. I'm just going to back away and live in my hole. The command was go. The command was go. As we go, we need to recognize, I need to get my good deeds on so that if I get the opportunity, I can share my faith with somebody. So here's, the, look at this bar for a minute. Think about that teacher, the teacher that called uh, Christian parents, Christo-fascio parents, what would it be like to share your faith with, that, with her? 
What would you have to do to get an opportunity for her to hear you share your faith? Think about that for a moment. That's our target audience, folks. Those are the people we're trying to reach. This is like serious uphill battle. But we can't quit. We just need to figure it out. We need to figure it out, and we don't have to do it alone. All right, Curtis has jumped ahead for me. He's ready. All right, Dan, it's time to wrap this up. Here's some practical steps that you can start doing right now today. Pray for at least one unsaved person. I'm hoping that everybody probably has some sort of knowledge or awareness of some person who doesn't know Jesus, and you know who they are. Start praying for them. Pray for them on a regular basis. Make that part of your prayer life. Again, we need to be doing this individually. We need to be doing it corporately. Pray for NVC's evangelism ministries. We have local, domestic, not international yet, but pray for that in church planning stuff, right? We've talked about doing that. Pray for the, those ministries. You know what? And I will covet your prayers too. Of, when you do the spiritual, right, yes, last week we talked about doing spiritual gift surveys and um, shape surveys. If you haven't done that, you don't know what I'm talking about, say something to me after the service. If you go on your church center app, Go, go down. You'll be able to find links. There's breadcrumbs in there to go find that survey and to be able to take it and know what your gift is. When I do that, evangelism is really low, right? I'm the awkward pastor who doesn't have the gift of evangelism. I don't got it, right? But some of y'all do, and you'll hang out with me anyway. Some of y'all do. Be praying for me so that I can herd the kittens and get us all working together and get us focused better corporately so that we're more effective in doing what it is that God called us to do. So I'm going to hang out, just hang out here for a moment. Easter egg hunt, right? So we're going to be doing an Easter egg hunt um, in, in a couple of weeks. When we do the Easter egg hunt, we get excited. How many pieces of chocolate, how many eggs can I crack open for the kids that's not the goal. That's not the goal. If it's an outreach event, and the Easter egg hunt is an outreach event, if it's an outreach event, the goal is how many people came and visited our church on Sunday morning as a result of the Easter egg hunt. If that number's zero, we missed the mark. If that number's zero, we're missing the mark. So I talked to Becca, what are our goals and how can we do this? We're going to see if we can be a little better about shooting past just cracking open eggs. What would it mean so that we're letting people know Jesus loves them? And we talk about that on Sunday mornings. You should come check us out, right? You can say it as awkward as me, but some of y'all are able to do that better than me. I would love for us to do that. That needs to be our goal, right? We um, we, next week, I have somebody who I'm going to give a few minutes to talk about a local mission trip, local being West Virginia. We're going to take a boondoggle to West Virginia for a few days 
and help a campsite ministry. Um, we're going to do some construction for them and help make things go. Maybe VBS, maybe help lead some worship. LaDonna will be talking about that more next Sunday. Hey, we're getting some mission trips going. Hoorah! I'm very excited, despite my lack of um, church planning, right? In the next month or two, we're going to be getting our church planning focus back on track. I'll just say that, and some of y'all, I hope, get excited about that. We're going to be focusing and talking about what church planning looks like and who's going to be doing that. I would love for you to be praying for those ministries. Prayer. It's all going to start with prayer. Plan for opportunities to share. Again, if I'm going to effectively equip and share my testimony, i got to practice. So start planning now. Do the planning. How is it going to do? What's it going to look like? How am I going to have a moment to do that? Pray for opportunities. Prepare yourself so that when it comes time, you can pull the trigger. And when you do pull the trigger, act in the Spirit. Never think you're doing this on your own. Never try and share who Jesus is in your own power. It will probably go terribly. Make sure you take a moment. Holy Spirit, you are here. If there's, We've talked about how your, our prayers can be ineffective because if we're not praying what it is that God wants to have happen, he may or may not answer them. You pray to God, hey, I want to be able to share Jesus with some folks. He is on it. Do you want to see God move and go, okay, I'm in. If you pray, I want to be able to share my faith effectively, God absolutely is going to be all over that prayer. And if we can get praying individually and corporately doing that well, and things are going to bust loose as far as getting more people in the water behind me. I would like to ask the band to come back up. And while they are, just take a deep breath for a moment. And this morning, just check in with God and say, where's my heart for reaching the lost? Well, again, evangelism is not my strength, but I can't, I can't say I'm not going to do it. I need to find my role in it. So take some time right now this morning and just say, God, where am I in sharing my faith with other folks? What is my next step? What do you want me to do individually? God, what's my role at North Valley Church? What's the opportunity I might have to be able to change other people's lives for eternity by introducing them to the one who loves them most? Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, um, I've heard people say evangelism will be the one thing we can't do in heaven. It's the opportunity for us to exercise and do something here on earth that needs to be a right now thing. Lord, I pray that you would help us um, be able to be what, what Paul said about being a slave to everyone. That, man, we're going to exit our comfort zone. We're going to be um, not doing things that maybe are our bag but it's going to be like going to the gym. When I'm done, man, I'm going to feel real good about what it is I focused on and committed to. Lord, I pray that you'd begin to just simply this morning move in our hearts. Help us to be a church of prayer about reaching the lost for your kingdom. And show us 
what our best next steps are individually and as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.